0: Good morning, and the conversation begins here on 94 WIP, All Sports Radio. My name's Peter Solomon. Big news, it's hot out there, and it's going to be hot most of the week. I swear, just when we think we've had enough of the heat, more heat comes. What are we going to do? Pretty soon, we'll be complaining about the cold. But no matter where we are and what we're doing, we're going to be listening to 94 WIP, Good Conversation no matter where you go. And when we come back in just a minute, our spin doctor extraordinaire, the man who helps us get another perspective on political news, Bob Newman, Newman Communications. Newman Communications, Donald Trump, and a whole lot more. When we come back here on 94 WIP, my name's Peter Solomon, more in just a bit. And we're back. And it's 94 WIP, all sports radio conversation. My name's Peter Solomon, as always, let's say good morning to Bob Newman, Newman Communications. Good morning, Bob.
1: Good morning, Peter. How are you?
0: I'm fine. Bob, just as I opened up um, the news this morning, CNN, Museum apologizes for fake news shirts. It's amazing to me that um, a place like the Museum celebrating news and diversity and journalists telling the truth. I've been put in that position of defending a Donald Trump phrase on a T-shirt. What do you think about all that?
1: Yeah, I think everything in D.C. these days, everything in American politics, everything when you go throughout the country, even in the districts where the 2018 um, election will happen, everything relates to Donald Trump. And the way Donald Trump has been his entire life, he's been it with his personal life, with his children, with his marriages. He's been it with his business is he drags people into a sinkhole. He does. Good politicians in Washington, D.C., good institutions like you're talking about. Everything 24-7 becomes him. And, you know, we can kind of lay lay out the news uh, as it's recently happened in uh, in DC. You don't have to be away a a week and worry that you're going to come back uh, and find that there's nothing going on. I spent a week in Africa and I came back uh, to look at the news and it was steeped in new Donald Trump stories. Now, you know, your audience will say, what is he talking about? He's the president of the United States. This did not happen with all presidents, and it didn't even happen back to Richard Nixon when Watergate was going on. So what do we have in front of us, Peter, you know, to do a quick review for the audience and then jump uh, and do some deep dives here? You know, we we have the Trump-Mueller investigation. 24-7, you know, uh, MSNBC will be talking about it. This week, Mr. Giuliani, uh, the former mayor of New York who had great respect and now has been pu- pulled into the sinkhole, too, is talking about collusion not being a a crime. Um, you know, that's their, their talking point. And, and you would think that would cover the entire news, that would be the story. But no, now we have Roger Stone and once more, for the third or fourth time in a couple of months, another sex story. We have a Manhattan Madam that's tied in here. But the, the Mueller investigation, to wrap that piece up, it really all centers now around the president being terribly worried that Donald Trump Jr. has been pulled in uh, to this sinkhole. So maybe you have the president understanding he does this to people and he's done it to, done it to his son. Um, at, you know, at that point, we're going to be focused in the next week, before you know, aside from Donald Trump Jr., on the Manafort trial. I'm not saying Paul Manafort is necessarily a great person, but Donald Trump pulled him into this same sinkhole. I don't believe any of these charges would have come to fruition had it not been for him getting involved in the 2016 campaign. So you have have Trump also with part two uh, and his relationship with Russia. Day to day, he'll be on the stump despite the investigations talking about what a great relationship he has. At the same time, you'll have his White House, the, uh, the DNI, the Director of National Intelligence, Dan Coates, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, and the Director of the FBI, Christopher Ray. All three good people being pulled into the sinkhole every day. They try to have a news conference. They try to talk about uh, Russia's incursion into future elections, all of these dangers. What happens? Donald Trump goes against them, his own people. Is, it, uh, is he directing this? He may be, this kind of good cop, bad cop that's going on. Um, you know, you have weeks of talk of this Marie Boutina and her ties to sex and high-handed Republican men um, that she tried to connect with on behalf of the Kremlin. That's really been, you know, out there. But Mueller, in the end here, is looking at obstruction in Russia, and Trump every day is trying to stick his finger in Mueller's face, because for Donald Trump's can't believe somebody's defied him no one did that for years peter in terms of him uh, running his organization washington is another animal for him so he pivots occasionally peter to the third part to uh to the midterms um and he wants to make it and the party wants to make it a personal uh referendum on him um they want to make every one of these races those that he endorses, those that he supports, and those districts on. Are people happy? Are they happy with their tax cuts? Are they happy with how the economy is going? Are they happy with how he's interacting internationally? Last week, he got his finger, uh, somebody putting the finger in his face. John Bates in Washington, D.C., a longtime George W. Bush appointee. Formerly very conservative and head of the Pfizer court, um, Bates overruled him in terms of DACA. And, and this enrages the president and said, there's no reason that you shouldn't, and I direct you to implement the program once again. So that was, uh, that was the president kind of getting it back. But the president, day to day, aside from what Bates has said, is out in the stump, talking about the border wall and threatening the shutdown in Washington this fall if he doesn't get what he wants. Because for Donald Trump, it's all personal. And he will pull people into that sinkhole to try and potentially, Peter, the entire country to satisfy himself, his own ego, his own personal agenda so that he can get the wall built. And as he always said in the most absurd way in the world, and I'll get Mexico to pay for it well no President Trump you won't get Mexico to pay for it at that point um, there there's his personal battles that he uh, that he, he goes on and we've seen them before with athletes and athletes fathers and stuff um, he's been doing it every day this past week with the media ordering his latest lackey, the former Fox president, Bill Sign, an absolutely, and I'm going to say this to your audience and go up and above, an absolutely horrid human being. A man who allowed sexual harassment at Fox to occur day after day after day, not just to Gretchen Carlson, but to have Roger uh, Ailes out there being the leper he was. Bill Shine, the new communication director, at the White House bars CNN reporters personally and especially goes after female ones. But that wasn't enough for him, that battle. He wanted to try to uh, to drag um, the good work of LeBron James in the past week into a sinkhole. But Donald Trump has one thing he's done in his life. He's alienated, he's beaten verbally, down people, including his ex-wives, and he wasn't going to have any bit of it yesterday because he knows the good work that, uh, that has been done by LeBron James, for children, what she is focused on specifically in the First Lady's office. Last week, he tried to go after the Koch brothers. Last week, he spent the week also after Michael Cohen. Because Michael Cohen has broken from him, his former personal attorney, and said, I do know personally that you knew about the Trump Tower meeting. And Michael Cohen is getting so close to handing the special counsel a future indictment for Donald Trump Jr. um, And Donald Trump Sr. will be involved in that. He went after Bob Casey your senator uh, when he was out in the stump for Lou Bar- Barletta. He wants to get personal every time because his self-image is so low, his hands, his sexual prowess, all for Donald Trump. Donald Trump went after Bob Casey as the latest he accuses of being sleepy, just like he did Chuck Todd. He's trying to pull Casey into the sinkhole with himself. And then he directs his own people to do it, as he has with CNN reporter Jim Acosta. These are personal orders coming from the president to get groups out there, like the Keon group and others, to go after certain people. And this is all going to come out. It has, in the last couple of days, in an article about Michael Cohen by Watergate sleuth Carl Bernstein, and on September 11th. Bob Woodward will be publishing a book that already is number one on Amazon talking about how this White House works. You know, Wrapping up here on what's going on um, here, we still have an enormous amount going on in terms of foreign policy. The president is trying to get Middle East peace going. He did that last week. He believes money is everything, and he wants to get the Israelis to agree to pump investment money into the Palestinian territories. Again, it's about his ego. In North Korea, he kind of put aside the fact that they're going to solve the denuclearization problem. But he wants to uh, herald the fact that he got remains back, and he sent the vice president, Mike Pence, to do an enormous ceremony tied to that uh, when they repatriated their remains in the last week. But he needed a fight last week, so he decided to start it again with Iran, first saying he was going to go after them, then pivoting as he had done with Kim Jong-un. This is his playbook. I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. Hey, will you meet with me? Uh, And proposing that President Rouhani would meet with him under no conditions. This made again another battle um his director john bolton at the national security council his secretary of state mike pompeo furious that he would go down this path Um, he's done that with the uk he did it with the eu recently over in the last two weeks battling them and he's doing it with turkey now sanctioning them for their treatment of a u.s pastor Um, It goes on and on and on. And then all the while, some good things occasionally happen. Prison reform is, is definitely going on. We saw that at the White House. I don't believe it is simply a show. Um, the Supreme Court nomination, he'll get that. It will work for him. Kavanaugh is qualified and has a million pages, one million pages of his work as a judge and in the White House is reviewed. I don't think there'll be any problem with that nomination. And I know many liberal scholars who actually support it based on his qualifications. But He he still has not been able to hold back on Jeff Sessions all week. He has brought John Kelly back into the fray, saying he's going to last another couple of uh, years, but I expect he will go after him. He is now heralding the work of Jared Kushner, but he's lonely at the White House. There aren't the advisors there who used to support him, so this weekend, lo and behold, Hope Hicks traveled with him the entire weekend it 's a constant circus and show of these personalities here, and in the end, what will happen over the uh, over the next two to three months is he really needs to get the support of uh, and, and the the victories out there in uh, in election land he 's going to have a difficult time holding the house. He has a top operative named Bill Stepping at the White House who's trying to do district by district in, in Congress and get him out there on the stump supporting them. Um, the the Senate, I don't see that turning at this point, but if the House turns, mm-hmm. your audience knows the circus will begin in January, not the 2020 circus that should begin for uh, for President, but more importantly, for what the news will cover, the circus of impeachment in the House, and then bringing over the Senate for a vote on removal.
0: Mm. I have this image, Bob, of the mermaid on the rocks luring sailors to their doom. And he's like he's luring political sailors into this vortex of craziness.
1: Yeah, he, he, he did it with H.R. McMaster, you know, a, a top a general and operative, he did it with a with a Wall Street veteran like Gary Cohn. But you know, I do want to tell you, as a brief aside, I don't. I think politicians overall, we have saw who we have seen, are are not a. You know, they're they're a shady bunch. In, you know, in themselves, they find trouble they divert, they find trouble, they go on vacation. Look next to you, okay? The new Governor Murphy, everybody heralded him as the big, you know, progressive, uh, you know, champion. I went to the same high school as Governor Murphy in Massachusetts. Governor Murphy has run the transit authority and other areas in New Jersey into the ground, and what does he do? He ends up at his multi-million dollar villa in Italy and puts it in the hands of the lieutenant governor. So I think you know the problem for the Democrats is they're they're not Donald Trump clearly pulling people into the vortex, but. They definitely are not, you know, the <laughs> the pillars of virtue that I think if, if they were out there there would be a chance for some type of change in government. You know, the bottom line is the Democrats out there truly believe that despite everything I just gave you, from Mueller to the constant Russia chance, to the crazy foreign policy that's going on to sex scandal after sex scandal after sex scandal. we got Maria Bettina. We have the Manhattan Madam now. We still have the fact that the Michael Cohen letter um, that came out last week about uh, paying off the Playboy model, he had the the, the affair. Despite that, there are Democratic operatives, Peter, who believe that Donald Trump can get reelected and potentially reelected easily here, that the party, the Democratic Party, A, does not have a policy platform, and B, they don't have a personality at all to put up.
0: Not even Joe Biden. He could be a
1: caretaker president, okay? And and one thing you saw in the last week, and it ties back to Biden, is not only were Biden and and President Obama, you know, going out for a coffee, a latte, a delicatessen, or whatever they did, but um, President Obama is also doing a significant amount of endorsements. He just released his first group, you know, for uh, for Congress there. But the party, as you well know, is terribly, terribly split. You know there is that far left wing of the party, the one who beat congressman you know Joe Donnelly in New York, the fourth ranking um you know powerful person on the democratic side um, and uh, and she will probably win with no foreign policy uh there, and with leaning towards. That far left wing of the party, some might call it the Bernie Sanders end of the party. Elizabeth Warren talked yesterday about potentially running. So so you are right that somebody in the moderate end, you know, if Obama is now coming out trying to fill a vacuum as a leader, I am sure he will hand the football over to, uh, to Biden's. But you never, you know, here's how I look at the Democratic side. I look at it in just three simple ways. You have, you know, you have the older group. You have Biden, you have Clinton, and you have Sanders. And then there's nothing in the middle, and then you have on the far left side many of these new Bernie Sanders progressives who are out there or even young senators like Kamala Harris and and others there. Um, again, probably not qualified to be president. There's like nobody dead center in the middle. People point to Cory Booker and I said, as I've told your audience, while I like him very much, he is more steeped in Wall Street money than most Republicans. And so everybody who, uh, every politician, because of what they go with, uh, is fraught with problems. But in terms of the Democrats, there's nobody who sticks out. And while these impeachment hearings may be going on, if the Democrats win the House, you're going to have 20 Democrats in 2020 going after each other in a primary. And you're going to have Donald Trump as the kind of commentator, what he likes doing most, talking about each of them, pulling each of them into the sinkhole. And I'm not sure if there is one with metal who's going to be able to keep up with it. I mean, you can take the approach that Casey will, Bob Casey will. He won't run for president, but you can take the approach where he'll just be quiet and kind of avoid the circus that uh, that Trump brings. But uh, it's too hard for most politicians not to fight back. One thing that politicians, especially in that New York race, found is if you don't campaign against Donald Trump, but you campaign for a program, you have great potential. Unfortunately, he pulls them in. He becomes the focus, and the focus that he becomes actually helps him in the end in terms of uh, his numbers, his popularity, and his fundraising. The other thing I didn't mention is everything Donald Trump does 24-7 is to support support two things. A, himself personally, and B, his base. I mean, that's all he is doing is when he brings up some of these extraneous, really crazy issues, or he goes against his own national security team, he, he is just trying to fuel that base. To come out this fall in the two thousand and eighteen election to warn them of what will happen you know if uh, if uh, his candidates are not supported and he is not supported, um, he uh, got for a guy who came to washington d c as a non politician he has become the greatest politician, and the republican party the entire republican party. Uh, you might say not the establishment, but at least the infrastructure of it. The senators and congressmen and leaders have all, you know, kind of, uh, they, they have coalesced around him, and they're following him, following him lock, stock, and barrel.
0: And you're listening to 94 WIPL Sports Radio. My name's Peter Solomon. My guest this morning, Bob Newman, Newman Communications. We're discussing the political scene in Washington from his perspective, helping us get another perspective on what's going on. It's conversation. My name's Peter Solomon. Okay, Bob, so much, so much just in that first 20 minutes or so of the show. Um, Donald Trump as a mermaid seducing the sailors into the vortex of despair. I I keep expecting from what you say to hear about you've bought a one-way ticket to Africa to stay there.
1: Yeah, you, you know... It's it's you see so much uh, you know. First of all, I mean you see so much in terms of going to an Africa. And by the way, just for your audience, I don't go to Africa. It's my second year in a row. I don't go as some people say. Oh, have fun on the vacation or have fun on the. have fun on the, uh, the safari, or are you going to shoot those uh, animals too? I get that all the time. No, I went there on a mission to help children spend a week and a half teaching children and building and that kind of thing, which, which I thoroughly enjoy. And one thing that you actually see by the way, Peter is, um, you see real problems. Okay. And I come back every year with less tolerance, what I see in America in all regards, okay, I even on the progressive side, some of the whining you come back in and, and see um, and it also you know what there there is that there is that group on the Republican side who often say, you know we shouldn't be supporting nations like this. I saw constantly USAid projects still going on water projects and and such w- what's what's important is. I actually in somewhat believe not what they believe. I don't I, I wouldn't call these nations and use that terrible S word, but I do believe that that Instead of necessarily just dumping money, I think uh, we as Americans can go around the world and uh, and help out others and I think it provides you a much cleaner perspective on what you see here. You know Madonna said last week she moved to Portugal because of Donald Trump. you know that that one came up i don 't think I would go to the extreme of moving necessarily. But uh, – because I do appreciate what we have as a country, and I do think you know, that my best efforts are, are definitely here for myself, for my family, for my friends. But uh, you, you do get a perspective on people who have a, a, a much, much cleaner perspective on life. Unfortunately, you also see that politics that's corrupt – OK, as it was in Zimbabwe with Mugabe, as it is in Kenya now, um, you see politics corrupt in not only other countries, um, but you and, and listen, we see our president now who loves being around, uh, you know, strong, strong leaders. You know, he respects them, if they, you know, like President Duarte of, uh, of the Philippines, who is, you know, crushing his opponents and, and killing drug dealers. Like Putin and uh, even like Turkey's Erdogan or or Assad in uh, in in Syria, so you still see around the world that Politics is often very personal, and people take advantage of it for uh, for themselves. That's a sad reality, and just like in America, around the world, it hurts other people. But the one-way ticket out, yeah, you definitely uh, when you when you get on the plane and you start moving on, Peter, you you t- kind of take a deep breath and realize that you're away from what is some of this. Uh, Some of this that that just makes you feel unclean in the United States every day, this all going on. And and by the way, the media doesn't do a lot, Peter, to necessarily help it. They take advantage of it. You know, I mentioned three sex scandals, you know, that, that are tied in here. Not even scandals, but things that have to do with sexuality and politics. The media just loves this okay let us let 's not forget CNN was a failing network before the two thousand and sixteen election, and because of Trump, he brought it back. The New York Times has gotten you know at least three four hundred thousand online subscriptions since Trump came into office. Um, journalism is much greater now; investigations are occurring people are doing good work in in those spheres. But uh, it all really comes down to the almighty buck in the end, and uh, Trump is fueling that for uh, for the media.
0: And we have a caller this morning who wants to speak with Bob Newman. Let's say good morning to Dave from Cherry Hill. Good morning, Dave. Your question or comment, please.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my question is, you mentioned the Democrat uh, position in 20, and you mentioned that they don't have a personality and a person that will talk to programs rather than get sucked into a, a personal war with Trump. And I think that Bernie Sanders would would qualify on those two issues. He uh, is a great speaker and could and and knows his programs and puts them forth forcefully. And uh, do you think he has a chance? Could caller. I I, th- I think it's a great comment. I really
1: do because I think that Sanders. Does have the the chance. I, I want to kind of go back and and throw out a couple of things because you, you, we need to be transparent and we're not at all trying to be prejudiced in any way. Okay. So the first question simply is, and it, it comes up constantly. It will come up with Biden. It will come up with Trump. It'll come up with Clinton. Is is he too old? okay so once you know people could then come back and say okay you know he's he's not too old or he'll be a caretaker president uh you know for for four years and then he'll he'll have a, a vice presidential candidate that he will run with once that happens okay um you know there are those on the stump okay you know um uh, the uh uh, the actress running for you know New York governor and others who now want to get out in the last week and say, I am a proud democratic socialist. Okay. Bernie didn't necessarily describe that well in the last election and it left people murky. Um, you know, and then the other part that I have to say is Despite the fact that the Democratic Party has gotten rid of super delegates, okay, or they're getting rid of them, they may get rid of them, those 300 delegates that got Clinton ahead um, at the beginning before the race even started despite the fact that they're getting rid of them um i think tom perez who runs it is still very much steeped in that end of the party and you wonder will he allow uh will he allow the democratic social socialist end of the party to actually come out but you do make a very good point okay he does avoid being pulled into the sinkhole, okay? Trump never really went after him. And, you know, I've got to tell you what the dirty little secret is. The dirtiest little secret is that Steve Bannon actually has great, great respect for that end of the party because, in the end, what Bannon is is, is a, um, he's a uh, populist. And Bernie Sanders and his wing of the party, which includes Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown and others, are just like that, too. So I I think that the Democratic Party might do well to counter-program this time and put somebody at the far left wing um, and try to win as a populist movement um, where many Americans are throwing up their hands and saying, you know what? This you know this Trump thing is just way too dirty at this point, and we're sick of his his you know lack of morals and his attitude. Let me go with another populist, another change agent, and actually someone as you just said, as you can see on CNN and other other platforms, has been on can talk issues for for literally for hours. So good point, caller.
0: Okay, I, I have a pointer, a question. Last time we had someone run for president who was just populist. He was a gentleman by the name of Michael Dukakis, and look what happened to him.
1: Yeah, and and, and but but at, at the same time, Peter, I think some of that had to do with his own uh, with his own not character, but his own lack of strength as a candidate. Okay, I, I think um, your caller's talking about issues, and Dukakis might have had the issues, but he clearly didn't have the personal medal to run in an election like this. You can imagine only that Donald Trump would have chewed him up and spit him out there. So if you can get the populist and match him, and I'm not supporting a populist agenda for the Democrats. Personally, I'd probably like one in the middle, but I think I also would support what, you know, on either side, what they think can be effective. Um, You need to marry the issues okay and the agenda which sometimes are less important with the personality and Dukakis did not have it, and uh, also the Republican Party was clearly able to take advantage of some of his foibles in the past when he was Massachusetts governor and that whole prison and Willie Horton situation crumpled, and he wasn't able to deal well even with his uh, wife's own challenges out there. So stronger candidate potentially you could go up uh, in this direction and by the way the party's going that way it really is they're they're going far left i wonder is this party going to cannibalize each other because of the many different agendas and what's that 20 2020 group going to look like uh when they're all across the stage on a debate will they uh will they show the american people that they can be unified against trump or will they uh eat each other up?
0: Remains to be seen and I want to say thank you to the caller for joining us as well this morning. It's deeply, deeply appreciated. And I want to issue an open invitation for people who are pro Trump. Get involved, give us a call. It's one eight 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 seven two nine nine four nine four. One eight 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 seven two nine nine four nine four. And on cell phone
1: you know and, and, and peter as i always tell your audience i'm not I'm not not pro trump i'm actually an independent moderate okay i don't love the delivery i'm a pr guy okay i just think the delivery could be better i think trump could have come in as the ceo he could have come in as the person who directed and signed and 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 the spokesperson and the one who quote unquote made america great again okay but unfortunately for donald trump um, it has, it has uh, become a uh, it be, become way too personal for him. Okay, I mean, and like some other, de- you know, uh, like Democrats and Independents and such, um, I have you know didn't have this kind of issue, you know, with the with the Bush agenda. I mean, I saw a, a tremendous amount of positive that was going on. Listen, I mean, you know, I just went to Africa. Bush has done just an enormous amount for the continent. They, they they, absolutely love him there. So for me, it's less partisan. It's more analytical of I don't believe the approach he's taking PR-wise in terms of delivery is worth it. And I also think that the fact that America is being, you know, pulled into this, you know, to these sinkholes, not just the individuals that you're talking about, America day to day being sucked in to these investigations. Um, listen, I and if a if a caller calls on behalf of the Republican side, I actually don't, you know, I think the Mueller investigation, and I haven't made this clear Peter, does go a little bit out of control i mean i mean we clearly understand who is who are the prosecutors for him who they are you know uh, uh who they support uh you know politically and we understand that they're they're going into areas so much past what you know what uh was the original not directive the directive by rosenstein clearly has always said you can uh do um, you can, if, you know, if you open the car, you know, for for whatever, and you find whatever, you know, you find the cocaine in the car for the for the traffic stop, then you can you can keep uh, you know pursuing it. I just don't necessarily believe this is so positive for our country either. And I do yield on the side of the Republicans that I'd like this thing wrapped up sooner rather than later. I don't get any joy out of it, you know, for for people. You know, when they talked prison reform this week at the White House and you had pastors saying Donald Trump was is the, you know, the greatest president for black Americans in recent history. You know, when they pushed aside that and talked about what they're doing in terms of prison reform that wasn't done during the Obama administration or they ta- or you know the recent bill he signed about test drugs that hadn't been able to to be signed in uh, in years and years in administrations for people who have cancer i love that so this isn't necessarily me against Donald Trump. It is much more me against the what's happening to our country as a result of this, uh, what our standing is internationally, and the fact that much of what Trump is driving seems to be for his own personal fortune in the future.
0: And you're listening to Conversation here on 94WIP. My name's Peter Solomon. We're talking with Bob Newman about things political going on around our country and in the world. My name's Peter Solomon. Bob, um, you made some reference earlier to LeBron James, Trump coming out swinging, Mrs. Trump coming out in defense of LeBron. What do you think that's about? Is that just normal husband and wife fussing at each other, or is there more to it?
1: boy i i th- i think there's so much to it i mean if you if you had a little whiteboard and a diagram i think the first part is she does have a, a you know you know we, we don't necessarily look at mrs trump unfortunately because i have all the great respect for her we don't look at her as a uh, you know as a policy person but she has a program that she's doing where children should be better throughout the country. Okay, and uh, and LeBron James' school in Ohio, in the area he he grew up in near Akron, um, this this is consistent with that, Peter. And uh, I think you know her praise of him is is. Is very sincere in terms of what the LeBron James programs are, and I, you know, I really pat on the back Stephanie Grisham, her her uh, press secretary, for going strong on this. She did not; she was uh, unequivocal, and she did not at all. Uh, the spokesperson did not at all, you know, uh, hedge here in terms of uh, supporting what uh, what he does. Probably not very easy for LeBron James in that he left Ohio and went to Los Angeles. Um now let's let's go you know past there. I think there's a lot to a lot more to that jacket you know, that she wore than people really think. I, I just don't think she cares i I think she cares, but she doesn't care. She doesn't care what the media thinks of her. She doesn't care what Donald Trump thinks of her. Um, I think that she knows she has an agenda. I also think she knows that potentially he'll be hands off. He's never, ever, ever going to go after her publicly, at least, you know, listen, um, I invite me back on when he starts going after his own wife. I mean, um, he has so pulled her into the sinkhole himself that we talked about earlier that I think just like his son um This is hands-off, and you and I are not aware of what are the legal agreements. We are not aware of what was going to happen with their marriage if he had not won uh, there. We're all, you know, we all just have, have, you know, we're speculating there. But the second part, in addition to the policy part, which she stands by, is I think the First Lady uh, does have something on him. You think Russia has something on him? I think she does, okay? And I think that he needs to, to behave. So when she is passionate about something, I don't think that she's doing it just to slap at him, if that was the insinuation, where she's like, uh, you, know, he's, you know, the, the old black-white. You know, he says black, I say white not at all this was you know him on his morning rant going after lebron james and don lemon you know let's take a minute out here too peter calling the cnn anchor the dumbest person in america okay let's let 's do it clear and 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 I want to challenge your callers let 's have a republican call, okay, what is the positive that goes on and you know and this has nothing to do with mr lemon 's race, not at all i mean it, it is you know how he treats other people out there too, okay um, what is the positive of calling a TV anchor okay the dumbest person in america all right so at this at the point in which Donald Trump has the most problem with the woman on CNN that he banished. He has the problem with Jim Acosta. He has the problem with uh, with Don Lemon. And LeBron James got pulled in because LeBron James did a one-on-one interview with him and intellectually described with Don Lemon intellectually described what you know how, how he thinks the president's rhetoric and programs. are are negatively affecting people in this country, including those that he is passionate for, whether they be in terms of children or race or other areas. Again, just his opinion. But Trump couldn't hold back because, A, he is an extra grime with Don Lemon, and B, he... uh, He, you know, uh, does not like to be criticized. If LeBron James had said a nice word about Donald Trump there, we'd be going down a totally different trajectory. But he didn't, and so LeBron James got pulled into this, and more athletes came to his defense. Not because athletes are against Trump, which, you know, they are as a result of his beating on the NFL – but they came to his defense because of the good work that he is doing with children and we don't necessarily hear about the personal scandals with LeBron James that are uh, that uh, that we do with other politicians like Trump as well as uh, other other athletes that are out there so I think the first lady was just being very authentic and had integrity in criticizing it for policy reasons. And at the same time, I don't think that she is at all worried because I think that the president will not go after her. That may be stepping over a line. If there was any insinuation, so think about what what was on her back when she wore that coat. It had nothing to do with not caring about children at the uh, the border. By the way, Peter, we did we we've ignored in this conversation. There are still you know over five hundred children who have been separated from their parents, whose parents have been deported at this point. This is definitely a black mark on this administration. And just like Judge John Bates went after them for DACA, the judge in that case uh, who ordered families to be reunited last week reported, okay, on the White House on the deplorable job they had done in terms of this reuniting. So, you know, what I think is, is the most interesting question as we then get back to politics is one more time, despite the fact – and I want to give your Republican listeners their due, okay? The economy is going great. The 4.1 percent wasn't historical, as, uh, as Trump said, but it is phenomenal. Uh, In terms of the GDP, the 3.9 percent in terms of unemployment coming down and the 150,000 new jobs, despite the fact that it was lower than they had hoped, it still is extremely uh, strong there. Um, You know, the economy is going well. Some of, you know, our relationships internationally, the president sat for a long time with the far right wing Italian premier this week. Some of our relationships are going well. You know, especially the ones that he would like. You know, State Department is doing work in areas. You know, uh, and Defense Department worried about you know Venezuela and other areas. So the administration works fine on its own. Work gets done. Even you know the prison reform work that that I talked about. It just all gets dragged down because Donald Trump can't uh, can't really sit back watch all the good happen, watch Americans be better off, you know, following his agenda. And I'm saying that in quotes because some don't, you know, like that and believe that. He can't do that because for him, it's all personal. Don Lemon has criticized him. Now, LeBron James has criticized him. You know, picking fights even with the Koch brothers is, to me, just insanity for him and the party but he can't help himself. This is a man who has no boundaries, okay, and he has no limits and, you know, will say and do all that he, he does, and he uses social media as his, uh, as his tool, as his weapon.
0: Well, picking facts with the Koch brothers, if for no other reason than their big fat checkbook seems to be insanity for the
1: president. I, I just, I, I don't necessarily get it. You know, there's there's the Koch brothers' support for, for some things that, that progressives don't like, but the Koch brothers do enormous for good work in cities. Trump has such an opportunity, okay? Let, let, let's get positive for, for the other side, okay, and negative for the Democrats, okay? Uh, before, the
0: Democrats, we that, uh, before we do sorry. that, we've got a pro-Trumper on the, on the line here. I'm
2: good, going good, good, good. to hear
0: what he has to say. Good morning. Hey, You're on the air. Good morning, Ronnie.
2: Hey. Good morning, guys. And uh, always, Mr. Solomon, a, a great show on Sunday mornings to wake up to. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, I want to address uh, Mr. Newman's comment on um, uh, uh, the media and Trump's handling of them. The media. I'm 52 years old. The media has always mocked in backhanded ways, mocked Republican candidates what mr mr newman explain me how they handled uh uh sarah palin was that respectful of the media oh, oh, uh, not at all no by the way oh, 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 okay wait, okay that's call, call, good caller caller call go ahead call her.
1: i i have done Ronnie, journalism much of my life i agree with you i am totally with you that the media in large part is a tool. The traditional media and even the online media now, places like Slate and Salon and Daily Beast, they're all tools for the left side. There are a few on the right side. You're totally right. The disrespect even that the day-to-day drumbeat on MSNBC and on CNN and not showing balance is there Fox does, tries to do the opposite side. So, Carl, you and I are not going to disagree at all on this,
2: okay? Yeah, we, 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 easy. We, we can go down George Bush. I mean, Mitt Romney was a great candidate, and, and it, it it was atrocious. Now, we have a candidate punching back. During the election, everybody said Trump, uh, during the primaries, they said, look at Trump calling names, calling names. Trump did not go after Ben Carson. Trump did not go after a, a, a Kasich. You know why? Because they didn't get personal. They didn't go to the gutter. But you bring Trump down to the gutter, he goes. He, he ain't. He's not afraid mm-hmm. to. And I like that. I respect that. Carly Fiorina was the only one, and it was in a private conversation, not public, that he said something about he mocked her looks. And the first right. thing, the first chance he got, at the very first national debate. He apologized. He says that I was wrong. That was not, but it was a private conversation. And, and because because I supported Carly Fiorina. I've sent money to her when, during, during the election. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not – yeah, it was, she was. But here – we gotta go, and then for you to say, "Oh, I want him go lowball." I want him not to. Mock the, Don Lemon is one of the dumbest people on TV. I don't understand how they get the, the, these uh, uh, some of these guys on on and, and women on TV. And I and I don't have cable TV, so I'm not I'm not one of these guys to uh, you know sit down and watch all the news programs. I also think Hannity's not the brightest guy. But guess what? You go after Trump. I'm proud of that. I want him. a leader's not going to turn around and I'm going to take the high road. They wouldn't go after. We had Obama say there was 57 states. Imagine if Sarah Palin said that. We had Obama sitting there, calling, saying my religion was a Muslim. Imagine if uh, uh, Donald Trump said something like uh am Jewish or Trump something. Trump. Trump. Okay. Paul, can I ask, um,
1: Can I ask, go ahead. Can I, a, uh, I want to ask you a good question, and I think you like the uh, the question. Okay. I understand the going after the media. I do, and I understand he's a fighter there. Okay. And right before you called, I was going to go on a rip against the Democrats that uh, that uh, about inner cities. Okay, why doesn't the president go after Rahm Emanuel? Okay, Rahm Emanuel hack. Okay, he was he was a congressman hack in charge of their elections. He was a Obama administration hack in terms of uh, being a terrible chief of staff. And now he is presiding over the day-to-day massacre of African-American children in Chicago. And I think going into these inner cities for Trump, areas that have been so beaten up, and even the people of Chicago... Are, are now marching against Emmanuel, you know, a far left-wing Democrat. I think for Trump to be able to take it on issues like that and show the hypocrisy of the Democrats would be as strong, if not stronger, for Americans than necessarily commentating on the cable news class out there. That's where I'm kind of at. It. It's like, if, if you have this bully pulpit and you're so good at fighting and punching back, I think he had an MMA fighter at the White House on Friday. He likes that. If you're so good at it, use it so that, that you can go after people who are dumb or, you know, or being ineffective like he tried to do in Puerto Rico with the mayor when she said things that were inappropriate. So that's my feeling. I'm with you that the cable news guys are kind of ridiculous people. Why are we talking about them? Why don't we talk about the politicians on the Democratic side who aren't being effective like Emanuel?
2: Well, we, we uh, put it this way: if you look at, I'm right. At, I'm in Audmores, five minutes from City Line Avenue here. I wouldn't, and I got plenty of friends in Philadelphia. They, you're going to waste your. Oxygen, talking to them as far as uh, Republican Democrat. I think he's doing it on the ancillary by he's bragging about the great unemployment numbers, and he points out the individual the black community, the Hispanic community. He apologizes to the women's because uh, he only got the best, re- you know, in sixty-five years, and not you know. And and when he gives his speeches, he gives them in in layman's terms, and 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 they're often humorous. And again, like like I said, he, he goes after. Uh, he, he does go in and kind of mocks maybe even the voters who vote Maxine Waters in, the voters who put these Pelosi's in, because those of us who pay attention to how these, pe- how these people act, how these people speak, and, and, you, and, you, and actually uh, you, you see the rhetoric build up on, you know, uh, uh, with the, the, the violence and all this stuff, and, and they blame Trump. This stuff has been going on for a while. Okay, this By, by, stuff, by I, the way, quote, I, I, I quote, can, I can, oh. Yesterday a friend of mine had his car down in Philadelphia uh, uh, protesting against uh, – uh, I'm not a big protesting guy. I'm too busy working. But he's down there, I think it was about the sanctuary cities, and he had a Trump bumper sticker on it. All four tires were slashed. It's miserable. Miserable. Yeah, well, I mean that's what we're dealing with And, here. and what they do to and, them and, in Russia. is you, miserable you, 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 now, wait a minute. You can, you can drive all over with Obama stickers, Hillary stickers, all over yeah. the main line, all over there, and your car won't get touched. Your yeah. car, you know that, and I know that. You could go anywhere in, 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 the, in the United States of America, and your car won't get touched. You can't go to a certain area. My wife and I won't put the stickers on our car for that very reason. And, and it, that's what you're fighting it, with. And we've got to fight on the can't. White House now. Caller, I know, I know. Peter has to go, but I agree
1: with you on the humor thing. His way last week of saying, "I had, on that stump," it was hilarious when he said, "If I went against the wall, I'd get the wall built." And, and I think <laughs> that, that that was very telling uh, about what what his interaction with media. Again, you and I do not disagree on how unfair it can get at times. And that's why I said I wish this investigation was just wrapped up. And, you know, they got it done. They referred it if they wanted to. And we could go on to doing good things for good people in this country. And I I think he's making progress.
0: Thank you, Rodney. Thank you, Bob Newman. Good good show. Good show. Thank you.
2: Already. Take care.
0: And unfortunately, we've run out of time because, Bob, I didn't even get a chance to ask you about the administration's proposal that the ACLU be charged with reuniting the families that have been separated in the immigration debate. And
1: you didn't get to ask me about his tax cut for, uh, for the wealthy that he's just going to sign over by, uh, by administration right. through Treasury Department. I know you brought that one up to me personally, too. So we have much more to talk about as the days and weeks and months uh, uh, progress.
0: And we'll certainly do that soon. So thank you, Bob Newman, Newman Communications. We'll be talking again soon. And it's been Conversation. Stay tuned for WIP Sunday. Nothing left to say, but see you soon. Good morning, and the Conversation continues here on 94 WIP as we ease on into WIP Sunday. And this WIP Sunday, our topic is romance. Where do you go to find it? Hopefully you've got someone to love, and if you're just looking, where do you go? In my day when I was younger, you went to bars. You went to social groups. Where do you go today? A lot of people go to the internet. And that's what we're going to talk about with my next guest. My guest this hour, Lori Busco. She's a journalist, author, public re- former public relations executive director of Cupid's a Relationship advice and entertainment news website. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. In my day... You went to a bar,
3: or you went to church. Where do you go today? Well, you can still go to a bar and church for sure, (laughs) but a lot of people are really taking to the internet nowadays. You know, online dating has become a thing, especially you know, social media too as well.
0: My first reaction is, though, it's not safe. How do you know you're getting a future husband, a future son-in-law? A future daughter-in-law, whatever, and not Jack or Jane the Ripper.
3: Well, that's a very good point, Peter, that you bring up. I mean, it is true that online dating, there you have heard the horror stories. You've heard about the scams that have taken place, the catfishing, if you will. But, you know, that is still the true in any form of dating. You, you know, you meet someone at a bar, you don't really know who, who that person is. Um, it's the same even, honestly, if you meet them through a friend, it's an acquaintance, you still don't know. I mean, in all forms of dating, no matter what it is, you need to take the time to get to know somebody, learn more about them, understand them, you know, and, and, and don't jump into anything so fast. All right. I get
0: a lot of emails from a lot of places being in this radio business. Sure. And a lot of them are from dating sites and people who want to help me find a girlfriend. But okay. I'm, not, I'm not going to tell that to my wife. That's another discussion. <laughs> All right. And um, some of them are probably legit. And some of them are women in bikinis, brown panties or worse. Um, it seems to me there's a lot of sketchy stuff there
3: absolutely I mean you have to be very very careful I mean if somebody is sending you a naked photo or, or asking for a, a photo like that in return you have to be very very careful I mean they could be taking that photo and they could be using it on the internet they could be doing you know other things with it um, so I mean someone like that I would just I wouldn't even bother with I would just Make sure, especially if you're you're on an online dating site, and somebody emails you and is asking you for provocative photos or sending you provocative photos, delete them immediately. Even report them, you know, to the to to the online you know uh, company that you're using.
0: Yeah, the most recent one I got said, "Peter, you deserve a girlfriend." I didn't even open that baby because wow. there was probably a virus hiding in there somewhere.
3: It could have been. Absolutely. I mean, look, and, and, like, again, any form of dating, you have to be very careful. There's a lot of do's and don'ts that happen with online dating. It, but you know what? It, is, it can be a very positive experience. I mean, I met my husband online. My sister met her husband online. Um, and I have a lot of other friends that, that have as well. So I think it's, you know, it's a great supplemental way um, to meet people. You know, it doesn't have to be all scary, and you don't have to worry all the time about you know uh, the catfishing. It's really you and your behavior and how you treat this form of online dating. Again, it's it's a supplemental way to meet somebody, especially in this day and age. You know, it's 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 often very hard, and and the number of singles is growing. You know, there's over 110 million singles in America. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity out there, even though I hear oftentimes, especially, you know, from women, there's nobody out there, there's no men available, but the truth is, there really are. Um, it's, it's just a matter of how you go about dating.
0: Well, what's that saying, all
3: the good men are either married or gay? that's what they say (laughs) not true at all it's really not true i mean sometimes you have to go outside of your little community it's like you have to really evaluate yourself right there's a couple things to to think about one what's your type and are you you know making a checklist of of the type of person that you want is your checklist realistic i mean sometimes you have to date outside of your type uh what does that mean you know, if you want, uh, you know, a doctor who's six foot four or six foot two or whatever, whatever the height is, <laughs> you know, height is always like sometimes a, a, a problem with, with um, you know, a lot of women, um, you know, or if you're looking for his, you know, him to have a particular career or he has to, you know, you have to make sure that he, he likes seafood because you like seafood. I mean, there's all these like checklists that people have, and and it sounds crazy, but they really have this checklist in their minds. And if you just delete that checklist, you know, keep to your morals and ethics of the person you want, but stop trying to make somebody fit inside your box, and just to have a good time. I mean, that will give you an open, you know, that'll open up your possibilities of meeting somebody.
0: Think outside the box. Yeah. Good advice in a lot of ways for modern living today. True. Um, I know when I was not attached, um, I had this image of the woman I would find, tall, statuesque. And that's not who I married. She's tall but and statuesque in her own way, but not the earth mother type that I thought I'd marry. Interesting.
3: Um, no, it, it is. It is. I mean, I hear from... Um, a, a, a lot of women who who are married, you know, I didn't marry the guy that, you know, was on my list or the type that I thought I would. And sometimes I don't think, you know, a lot of times when you're single, you have to get out of your own way. Maybe you don't really even know what your type is. You know, I mean, it, that's, the, that's the funny thing. You think you have this image or you do have this image of who you want to be with but really if you if you just let go of that a little bit it will open the door to more possibilities and more opportunity for you to meet people and you never know you know who you're going to fall in love with also online dating is a numbers game right Um, people say oh I tried it I went on a few dates and it just didn't work out I mean do not expect after you know a couple uh, a couple of dates or even a couple of dates with different people that, you know, to, to, to throw in the towel and then it has to be over. Sometimes you have to go on, you know, dozens of dates um, with different people to, to find the right one.
0: Well, part of it, too, I think on some level, even today we still expect the smell of gardenias in the air, the angels sing, all kinds of great stuff that we see in a romantic movie that have nothing yeah. to do with real
3: life. Mm, I talk about that all the time it's you know women little girls they, they they grow up watching these Disney movies right it's that princess fantasy that you know oh the knight in shining armor I mean if you look at all the Disney movies right and I'm not putting it on Disney but I'm just saying if you look at all of these movies out there they all end with the knight in shining armor and that is the fantasy that we grow up with as women, right? Little girls to women. We grow up believing that this is what's gonna happen. And then we have, unfortunately, we get in relationships and we already have false expectations. I'm not saying that there aren't men out there that can you know, make us feel that way or be our knight in shining armor, but for the most part, we have to really take those fantasies, just as you mentioned, and, and, and be a little bit more re- realistic about what it is we want in a partner. From the point of view of your work with the
0: column and online in general, what do you see men wanting?
3: What do, see what, men what do I see that men want? Yes. Simple things that are simple and easy. Let's be honest, and I don't mean that in a sarcastic or facetious way. Men are not overly complicated the way that women are, and oftentimes women overanalyze. They think about the text message that he wrote and they scrutinize and analyze it. Um, It it just happened yesterday, I was talking to a, a young woman and she has literally been I guess you will call it talking to a guy for a year, a year. And he has never really officially taken her on a date. Um, I think, you know what? You have to move on. I mean, how can you see this guy you're talking? And again, you know, they're young, they're in their twenties. He'll say, Oh, come and meet me at the bar. Come and meet with my friends. They'll see each other at the beach. He acts like he likes her. He texts her. He gives, you know, now they use, um, um, Snapchat, you know, to send each other messages, and I am just like, you know what, move on. But to, but um, to answer your question, men just, you know what, they want it simple. They want they want it easy. Don't overcomplicate or overanalyze things. Just be free. They want somebody to be themselves. Um, you know, they don't want all that drama. What do you think about?
0: these dating shows we have now bachelor bachelor in paradise bachelor
3: wherever are they a good per- or a bad? yes personally i love it i mean i have to from a personal perspective i love watching them they're sometimes they're a disaster and sometimes they're just like you know it's great entertainment um it's really great entertainment um i don't think they're good bad i think it's entertainment. And I do think there are certain shows out there that are just unrealistic and a little ridiculous, but at the same time, they're getting the viewership. Why? Again, it goes back to the amount of singles in America. And it also, there is some aspect, especially of The Bachelor, I think in The Bachelorette, where we're going back to that fantasy, right? We're, you know, the person's gonna find the one. I, I do think the, the positive thing about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and I think this is very, very positive, um, is that, the, those, that those two shows, teach and, and even Bachelor in Paradise, teach you vulnerability and how to be more vulnerable on a date, to open up, take down your walls, and be more of yourself and don't be afraid of rejection. I think that's an amazing lesson to take away from those shows because you will see that the main guy or, or the main man or woman that's trying to, you know, find their partner in life when they're, when they're dating all these different um, people of the opposite sex, the people that are more vulnerable oftentimes make it further. So I think that's an amazing, amazing lesson to learn because I remember when I was single, I constantly had my walls up. I never let a guy see if I liked him. I always waited for him to pursue me, to, you know, tell me that they like me, regardless of how I felt. I don't know if that's so healthy. I mean, a lot of times you lose opportunity that way.
0: Hmm. But at the same time, these shows, the women are gorgeous, the men are gorgeous. No one is 5'3 and weighs over 200 pounds, male or female.
3: They're all beautiful. I mean, that is true to a certain extent, but they've had people on there, I mean, many times. And, I mean, yes, for the most part, they're beautiful. But remember, it's TV, right? I mean, TV is going to cast people that have a certain look. But they have had people um, on there that have been handicapped or shorter or stockier. Right, to, this, to a certain degree, though. I, I do agree with you.
0: Because all it seems to me that does is feed the fantasy.
3: Do you think there should be a show out there, then, that maybe caters to the everyday person?
0: Yeah. Someone, yeah. someone who's not, you know, model height, model looks, maybe doesn't have all their teeth.
3: Yeah. Well, I also think there should be a show for the uh, 35 and over crowd, too. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Who, who, right? There's no shows out there. I talk about this all the time. There are no shows out there for the older crowd. Why? I mean, it, to me, it's like this is a significant portion of our of the singles in America.
0: Because if you're older and you don't have someone, something's wrong with you, people.
3: Think. <laughs> right, exactly. But look at how many widowed, divorced, you know, um, men and women are out there. It, it's it's there needs to be a show, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Everyday people. Um, also, for older people, there there needs to be uh, we're missing a, a big segment of the population. I think.
0: Well, let's even be more provocative and say there needs to be a show for same sex relationships.
3: Exactly. Well, there you know what there actually is one, maybe two. Um, I forget what network, but right there's not enough.
0: Absolutely. Again, not enough. that's another disc. All right, but at least on those shows you get to look at the other person. You know what they look like. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they don't have fangs. You know, they have blood dripping on their shirt. Uh, well, have you watched the new show, The Proposal? Yeah. Or heard about it? I've heard, I've heard about it. And <laughs> the person seeking the date is behind a curtain.
3: Well, there you go. you do behind this, this lit up uh, pod. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. It reminds me of, uh, like, The Voice. You know, you don't know what you're going to get, you know, uh, behind that pod. Um, you don't know what the singer is going to really look like, right? On the voice, it's uh, so you know when you say you see the other person and you know what you're going to get. Well, they're they're kind of taking that away from us too by putting these other shows on there where you it's like blind. You don't know what the person's going to look like, but you're going to accept the proposal at the end.
0: Which maybe is a good thing, but that's another discussion. All right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're listening to conversation here on said WIP Sunday. Get confused here. It's WIP Sunday. My name's Peter Solomon. We're going to be back after these messages. And we're back. It's WIP Sunday. My name is Peter Solomon. My guest this morning, relationship online dating expert, Laurie Bazzocco. Did I get that right, Laurie? Yes, yes, that's good. Bazzocco, Bazzocco. Okay. Thank you. Bazako. And we're talking about the process of online dating, do's, don'ts, and how to stay safe. My name's Peter Solomon. Okay, Laurie, are there initially buzzwords, buzz actions, if you will, that we should worry about if we're online dating, no matter what our sex?
3: Well, I mean, in terms of online dating, there's a lot of do's and don'ts, right? I mean, buzzwords to look for, um, the obvious thing, right? If you're talking to somebody online and you're constantly becoming what I call online pen pals be careful um you know of 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 scams right if they're asking you for personal information or maybe they ask you for money and i know it sounds crazy and why would we ever give money to somebody we met online but you would be surprised how often times you're emailing back and forth maybe for a month couple months right you're building this kind of fantasy in your head and relationship and, it, it, you know, maybe you're, you're talking constantly. You may even talking on the phone for months. Um, you've never taken it offline. And then all of a sudden they tell you about their dear aunt wherever, and they need money to fly to see her. And you, you, you think it's crazy, but you build up this fantasy. So I don't know if there's any particular buzzwords per se, but you just have to look for the obvious things, right? There's a lot of do's and don'ts to online dating.
0: All right. What are some of the do's then if we're not going to spend – give them money.
3: (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, if you're looking for a partner online, I would say, and I say this to everyone, make sure you have a profile photo. So many times there's people online, they don't even have a photo up that will not get any of your profile will not get any attention without a photo. And the photo that you put up Make sure it's a good one. I mean, ask your friends and family their opinion. Uh, Don't post a photo of a selfie. I mean, that's not clear oftentimes and it looks a little, you know, distorted. Have a friend one day take a nice headshot of you. If you want to do a full body, full length shot, and then do like an active shot. Um, Something to show the suitors online, you know, you're active and what you like to do. I I just think it's a very big no-no to put up photos that are not your best foot forward. You're not going to get, you know, any attention. And think about it on the other end. Are you really going to click on somebody who doesn't have the best photo up there? Um, A a big no-no is, we're talking about still photos, don't crop your ex out and then leave those little margins. I mean, it's so obvious that you're cropping photos and there's a reason. Um, don't put children in photos. I don't care if your niece, your nephew, and definitely do not put your own child um, in a photo. It's just too much information. Don't exploit you know, your child that way. Um, and and, and I, it sounds so obvious, but so many people do these things. Um, I would also not do more than two to three photos. There's no reason. Um, so those are a lot of the do's and don'ts of, of, of photos. Um, I would say another do for online dating, if you want to attract somebody, is talk about your interests. You know, don't say, I'm looking for my knight in shining armor. Or I'm looking for someone to go to the movies and spend, you know, nights walking on the beach. I mean, those are all general things. Tell them you like to hike. You know, and if you'd like to hike, you know, explain to them, like, you've been to the Grand Canyon or you've visited Machu Picchu. Like, talk about actual places and more specifics, um, because and it's the same thing when you're looking at the profiles online. You want specifics to see if there's interest. You know, I love seafood. My favorite is, you know, lobster and clams. I mean, whatever it is, be specific. Um, those are those are a couple of do's and don'ts, Peter. I and I, I mean, I could go on all day about this. Okay. When you start dating, who should pay? Ah, that's such a great, great question. Who should pay? Well, the first date that you have, and especially, and we're talking about online. It is a big thing now. Do not expect the man to pay on the first date. Is that courteous? Is that polite? Is that traditional? Absolutely, 100%. But because you've met somebody online, don't expect that person to pay. And I always tell women, bring money, cash with you. Bring a credit card with you. Because the thing is, is that you don't know the person and they don't know you. So now, oftentimes, it's not expected that the man will pay. I do think it's a great thing to do. I do think it's traditional, but you can't expect it anymore.
0: You also may need that money to escape if he turns out to be a troll.
3: (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. And, And make sure one big do is meet somewhere public. You know, don't let somebody pick you up and get in the car with them absolutely not you have to meet somewhere public tell your friends and family where you're going um and 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 also be careful of dragging a date out a lot of times we build up these fantasies about what it's going to be like on the first date and we end up you know making the date last seven hours too long for a first time meeting somebody First of all, you don't know if they're ever going to call you again. Second of all, you don't know who they really are. Just meet for a nice coffee. I don't care. I, sometimes people say don't meet for a drink. I don't mind that. You can meet up for a drink, but you know, follow Patty Stanger, millionaire matchmaker. She, had, you know, she had a show out there, and she used to say, to drink minimum. Absolutely, do do not get sloshed on your first date."
0: And if you're going to drink, keep your eye on that glass. Yeah.
3: <laughs> 100 percent very good point peter very good point you have to be very careful now especially when you don't know this person 100 percent. that's a great point
0: all right when's it okay to get naked
3: i mean in talking about sex I, yes. you know look everybody has their personal preferences like what at what point they feel comfortable right but I always say as well, do not have sex on the first date. I mean, not with an um for someone you just met online. For God's sakes, you don't know anything about their past, their history, if they have diseases. I mean, you got, you got to be so careful. I mean, that really goes for, I, I, I would say that rule holds true. In general, I mean, there are times when you just want to have fun. I get it. But I think, you know, you need to wait until you're more comfortable with the person, you know the person um, longer. Unless you just want sex and you're not looking for a partner. But if you're looking for a lifelong partner, you know, hold out a little bit.
0: When do you suggest coming to meet the family?
3: Very good question. When should you meet the family again, it all goes back to personal preference, but if you've been dating someone for um, and everybody's different, but if you've been dating somebody for a couple of months, um, say say you started dating in July you know or August, and you know the holidays are coming up. you know the first big holiday maybe is thanksgiving right so I think at that point, that's a very good time to, to you know, introduce somebody probably before the major holiday because of all the family that will be there, of course, but it, it really is a personal preference. I mean, my husband introduced me, I introduced him to, to my sister first after like only a couple of weeks and he introduced me to his sister after like, I would say three, three weeks, four weeks. So it really, it depends how you feel about this person and if they, if you really think that there's a future with them. It's all personal preference on that. But, uh, you know, don't expect to meet the family after a few dates. Absolutely not. And if you do, that could be a good sign, but it may also not be such a good sign because if they're introducing you after only a few dates, what have they done women? You know?
0: hmm Um. Okay. Meet the family after not too many dates, but enough dates that you feel safe and secure. Yeah. Um, What if he suggests moving in together?
3: Well, that's okay, too, as long as you, you know, know, again, as long as you feel comfortable and you've been dating long enough to, to, you know, to know. But I think you need to establish some ground rules before moving in. You know, are we splitting the bills equally? Um, You know, who's paying for what? Um, What does this mean? If you're looking for marriage, um, you know, this is a great way to get to know each other and see if you're compatible. Um, Is this just, you know, playing house or is there a future? I mean, there's a lot of things to look at before you make that decision. It's not a bad decision. It's not. There's no. There's no right and wrong to that decision. It's just a matter of look, putting down everything on paper and really looking at the pros and the cons of the situation. Is that person a control freak? Are you moving in so that there's more control over you and they can keep tabs? I mean, you have to really consider this. Does is moving in still mean that you're going to have your freedom to have your friends do lunches? You have a girls' night. You know, a boys' night, you have to really sit down and think through what does that mean moving in. Okay. A
0: little bit of a confession here. When my wife and I were dating, and it was a while ago, um, neither of us drove. Neither of us had cars. And one of the ways my my wife told me I got her, if you will, was at the end of the date, I'd put her in a cab and I'd hand her the cab fare so she could go home.
3: Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, that is, that's right because it showed that you cared, you had compassion, you were going to take care of her and, you know, make sure she's protected. Um, I have a funny story. The way that I, I knew my husband was the one and I got him, and it's a little crazy of a story. We were on a flight quite a few years ago, um, on, a, on a flight going to um, Cabo, in Mexico on the West Coast I'm from the East Coast and we were on the tarmac for 16 hours we were ah. in yeah yeah we were in what became headline news all over the country one of the biggest airline <laughs> debacles where there were like I don't even know more than dozens probably over 20 maybe a couple dozen flights grounded at JFK couldn't come in couldn't go out And it was, I mean, it made headlines. And I didn't know at the time how big of a deal this was. I thought it was just our plane, right? 16 hours. When you're sitting next to a person in a cabin for 16 hours and you're literally having fun, that's, I mean, that was, I was like, okay, we can get through anything. So uh, that was kind of my, uh, you know, that was was what sealed the deal because I had a good time actually with him (laughs) in the cabin for that long. And when I wasn't
0: with my wife, we would talk on the phone, and we would talk on the phone for hours. We had two- and three-hour phone conversations, and we talk about that today and think, what did we talk about?
3: <laughs> do you still have those long
0: conversations? Mm, not, don't, no need to, because we're face-to-face
3: now. <laughs> but I'm saying, do you still have long conversations when you talk, or do you feel like that was just back then when you were recording?
0: A little bit of both.
3: Yeah. Well, it's communication, right?
0: Mm-hmm. That
3: There's something to be said about being communicative with your partner. Um, but that's, I mean, that's, that's fun, right? Those are good memories. The, you know, what you do to court somebody and to really get to know them. Having those wonderful conversations really helps you get to know somebody, you know, but you have to make sure when you're dating that you're really being honest with yourself and true to yourself. And, and, and you hope that the other person is too. Right. And we talk and, you know, you said at the beginning, um, you know, of the show of the segment, you said, well, it's scary. And how do you know it's not a scam? And and you're not wrong about that. There's a lot of what we call catfishing where people are, you know, online for the wrong reasons and they are, you know, looking to just, you know, Keep a conversation going, and they're not really being real. Or, or if you finally do get the chance to meet them offline, they are nothing like what their picture showed, or they're not. Their personality is is even different. So you have to just be careful. I tell everybody after a couple of emails back and forth. You've got to take the date offline. You're not online to stay online. You're online to go offline, to really, to date, right? So just be careful of keeping this, like, pen pal thing going or phone, uh, you know, conversations going. You know, let this person, you know, make sure you go on a date. Or you at least meet face-to-face. You don't have to call it a date. Just meet face-to-face or at eventually. Least, or at least Skype. So, something. Something. But, like, why not? Like, if you're going to Skype, that's fine but then eventually you still have to take it offline. Unless you I, I understand if you're miles away from each other and you're living very far away, I get it. It takes time. You want to get to know each other before you spend all the money to, to, to go meet, you know, somewhere. But <clears throat> I, I mean, I just, if you're living locally, take it offline. You don't need to be, you know, stuck online. That's not the purpose. You're just wasting your time.
0: And you're listening to WIP Sunday, more about online dating with Laurie Busco in just a bit and we're back it's WIP Sunday we're talking online dating with online dating romance expert Laurie Busco my name's Peter Solomon Laurie you want to buy the other person a present when do you buy something generic like a box of candy or some flowers or whatever and when do you buy him something personal (laughs)
3: <laughs> That's a good question. So it, it, if you're thinking about buying somebody a present, first, you know, what's the um, situation or what's the cause for the present? Is it? Are you doing it because it's just something, you know, nice to show that you're thinking of them? In that case, something, you know, I would say generic, but not really too generic. If you really want to get someone's interest and you've been dating for a little while, you know, tell them, especially for a guy make sure they know that you've been listening to what they're saying. So here's a great example. You're dating a guy. He talks sports. You know what kind of sports team he likes, you know, whether Mets, Yankees, whatever it is, Phillies, whatever the sports team is, listen to what he's saying and buy something that symbolizes that you've heard what his interest is. So I hope that helps in terms of, you know, if you, if if it's generic, but it's not right, because it's, it can be a generic item, but it it shows that you know who he is or who she is. Say she likes to do yoga, you know, something that, you know, represents that. So it can be a generic in a way item, but it's special to that person. Does that help?
0: It actually does. I was thinking about my wife. Um, she likes candy. She doesn't like coconut in the candy. So I tried very hard to make sure there wasn't any coconut in any Aww. candy exam, any candy assortment I got her.
3: Great. It's a good example. You know, it's showing that you've heard and you've listened. I mean, I, I mean, for the most Part you know, men want women who are great listeners, you know, and 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 who understand. And it's funny because you had asked me what are some of the buzzwords, you know, right? And I was thinking more in terms of you know be, what to be careful of. But you know, when you're online, some of the buzzwords that you can look for to know if you know someone you know is true and authentic is, um, you know. Romance, romantic Uh, women love when a guy says they're romantic, you know, or says that they're a great listener You know and men they love when a woman, you know Is open and says that she's not afraid to, you know, express her feelings or that, you know She's you know outgoing, you know, and and loves, you know, talking and has a lot of you know, friends Um, you know and, and, and I bring that into the picture because you know, we talk about presents and what to buy, and it really goes back to just being a really good listener and having compassion for, you know, and, and being thoughtful for the person that you're with.
0: All right. You've dated online. You've gone out together. When's it time for the other person to fish or cut bait? When's it time to say, okay, we need to move this to the next level or I'm going fishing again? What do you, when is that point?
3: Well, it, it goes for online dating, but all dating in general is that you have to look again at like is that person um, you know keeping you just during the weekdays or are you a weekend person? Like, are they are they dating you on the weekends? That's what I'm you know trying to get at. Like, that's one example. Maybe if they're not dating you on the weekend, then maybe they have another person, or they're dating a few different multiple people, or maybe they're just reserving it for their friends to go you know for them to go out with their friends and meet somebody else. Um, have they, after a couple of months, have they introduced you, or even after a month, have they introduced you to any of their friends? I mean, do you have you met any of their friends? do you know any of their friends? Um, you know, do you know more about them, where they work, more about what they do, how they grew up? I think if you're not finding a natural progression in your relationship, I mean those are the things to look for, but if you're not finding a natural progression, you may want to reconsider dating this person are they really you know are they dating other people are they just having you know trying to have fun or do they really see you as a significant partner there's a lot of signs to look for whether you're online or offline dating
0: what was the deal breaker for you
3: that's a great question. I mean, a, a big deal breaker for me when I was single was when the person wasn't seeing me on a consistent basis. Um, so I would, you know, have a great date with somebody and maybe for one week they'd see me three times and then the next week they wouldn't see me at all. <laughs> and then they'd call and then you know, or they would try to, they sort of disappear and then they would come back and ask me out again. And then I would go out again and I think, okay, Maybe you know there was something going on that week. They were busy at work, but no. Then they would ask me out again, and then bench me. I call it that. Well, now the term, the millennial term, is benching. Right? You're kind of like benching somebody because um, you're looking for something, something more. The other person's looking for something better to come along, um, or they want to date multiple people. But nevertheless, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like, well, wait, why would you know you go out with a guy a few times and then? he disappears and then he comes back and you go out with him again and then he disappears and he comes back and you go out with him again and this can go on for this can go on for several months this can go on for a year i mean there are many people that that are doing this and it sounds when you think about it it sounds ridiculous but you're so caught up in wanting that person to be you know your 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 boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other that you just you you, you think they like you because they act like they like you but then they disappear again and it's 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 a crazy momentum to get into and i cannot tell you repeatedly repetitively how many times this happens to both to to women especially how many times this happens men too hmm. just be careful like if they're not making you they're you know they're not being consistent with you what are they doing in the downtime you know when they've just blown you off there's
0: a theory out there that men know whether someone is the one sooner and more intently than the, than a woman. What do you think about that?
3: Yeah, that's what they say. That is an absolute truth. And, and it goes back to just men being simple. They know if they've found the one a lot sooner than women. I mean, my husband, for example, he knew right away. I mean, he proposed, my husband proposed in nine weeks. So that tells you a little bit of something in terms of him knowing I was the one, but it took me a little, you know, a lot longer to warm up to it. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, it, men know, they know right away if you are or aren't. That doesn't mean that if they're on a date with you and or a couple of dates with you and they haven't, uh, they may not know or they may not feel that you're the one that doesn't mean they're gonna stop dating you though see so this is the tricky part they do know they do know sooner than than women, but even if they don't know right away they're gonna they, they might still date you, but that doesn't mean they're gonna see you long term they're just dating to date that often happens
0: i've got a story to top you and your husband my pa- okay. my father and my mother it was World war two but they knew each other after two weeks. They knew it was wow. They, they, were, they were the one, and they and met. They... And they met on the boardwalk at Coney Island.
3: Oh, I love that! I love it. That's old romance. And and did they stay together? Mm-hmm. Till death do them apart. That is amazing. I love that. I love hearing stories like that. Um, I know because people like are like, what? In nine weeks, and I was like. Well, yeah, in nine weeks, what had happened was I met him online, and we went on one date. And to be honest, I didn't like him. I I just was like, he's not my type. He's not for me. I mean, he's a good looking guy, he's successful, but he just wasn't my type. Um, And remember, I had this, like, I talk about checklists. I had this checklist of what I was looking for. So he actually called me the next day to say what a good time he had on our first date, and I never called him back ever and and literally 3 years later i put my profile back up online and he was still online and he emailed me again he said hey remember me and i said yeah i do remember you i remember he had the same birthday as my sister and i remember what he did for a living and he said wait a minute you remember my birthday and you don't you, you never called me back so he asked me out again now we're on our you know second first date 3 years later and then that was it. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going anywhere this time.
0: I knew before my wife and it got to the point where she thought she was a castle under siege because I was trying too hard. <laughs> that
3: sounds like my husband. I loved it. That's great. How long did you date?
0: Several years, actually, before she gave in. And I, I would ask her periodically to marry me and she'd say, no, not yet. No. Finally, one Night. day, and finally one day, she came. We came together, and she said, "Ask me." And I said, "Ask me what?" <laughs> that's, that's what you've been asking me for the last couple of years, dummy?
3: <laughs> that's great. That's great. So she kind of shocked you, I think. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, hey, hey, by the way, will you marry me? Can <laughs> <we> move in. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Absolutely, it's always exciting. How should people use sites like sites like yours? I'm sorry, say that
3: again. How How should should people use websites like yours? Oh, thank you for asking that question. Yes, I am the founder of Cupidspulse.com. It's actually a fun, entertaining dating advice site. So I don't do matchmaking. I'm not a uh, an online dating site per se, but it's a dating and relationship advice site. So. You know, there's fun weekend date ideas on there that you can use with your partner. There are, you know, articles that are written both by men and women. I have uh, quite a handful of experts on the site who provide love advice. Um, There are do's and don'ts, you know, in the online dating world. And I also... um, Focus a lot on celebrity entertainment, so I interview celebrities all the time. I was actually just at an event with uh, with uh, an actress last night uh, from Fuller House, uh, Lori Laughlin. So I'm constantly, you know, interviewing celebrities on their, you know, what their projects are, but also in the romance and relationship department I always like to know like how do you make it work in this crazy Hollywood industry um, and you know how do you balance it and how did you know your husband was or your wife was the one so it's fun so there's a lot of fun advice on there you can get it from your favorite actor or actress or you can you know look at some of the experts and what they're saying and and uh, you know explore the site it's fun it's cupidspulse.com cupidspulse.com com
0: cupid's pulse.com. you'll get information hopefully you can use or at least consider as you're playing the dating game out there in the big, wide, and very often wonderful world. And I want to say thank you to Lori Busco for joining us this morning and helping us muddle through to something bigger and better. Thank you, Lori.
3: Oh, thank you, Peter, for having me. My pleasure.
0: Don't forget cupidspulse.com. And you've been listening to another edition of WIP Sunday here on 94 WIP All Sports Radio. My name's Peter Solomon. Stay tuned for Sports Talk with Sonny Hill. Always interesting and provocative discussion in the living room. Your opinion, Sonny's reactions, I know I'll be listening. Thank you to Phil Jackson, this morning's producer, and the love of my life and the associate producer, Ann Tyden Solomon, and my dear wife. It's been over 30 years now, and I love her as much as I did the day we got married. Nothing left to say if you can't, but see you soon.